the computer since he was in elementary school. Probably. Hell no. They probably didn't even have him in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to the uh, IBN College Football Podcast. I'm your host, IBS Jesus. With me, I have my co-host, Marcus. And unfortunately, we had to add Ben Garcia, uh, Texas rep. And then my boy, Jeff, here for Texas rep. We are doing the Big 12 today. I do not have my tickers up, but I will be working on that as we go. Is the Big 12 preview? Texas fans, why y'all leaving? Am I on there? Hold on. God damn it. <laughs> y'all got to excuse my uh, my boy Jeff. He's still on the wishbone computer. Hell yeah. <laughs> hold on. Hold. On. I'll be right back. All right. Ben, yeah. since, since I know you got an opinion on it. Oh Is yeah, it Texas, um, was it Texas decision or Oklahoma's decision? No, nah, man, it was uh, actually no. I man, I think uh, probably Oklahoma reached out first, and then uh, SEC, SEC said we're like, we can't take you by yourself. You know, we need the big dog. We need them to go along with y'all. So no, nah, uh, actually, I'm not sure how it really worked out, man. But I'm happy it, it, it did. Um, as we were after like the whole beginning all the feedback we were getting all the trolling and memes and stuff i was actually happy because like the schedule man just perked up for us you know no more games in like ames and uh, with manhattan kansas you know just it's better games man like man hopefully play lsu we're gonna get uh aggies back you know so yeah man i'm uh i'm excited you know i'm just waiting for marcus to go ahead and start teeing off on me about wait wait wait, real quick before marcus tee off on you when you said y'all gonna get the Aggies, are you admitting that you're gonna be SEC West? Bama's not moving. We're we're all in agreement on that, right? No, man. If it's if they're not gonna they're not gonna split UT and Oklahoma. So if it's gonna be two eight uh, school divisions, man, Bama's gonna move east. I know y'all don't believe me, but I'm just telling you that's the way it's gonna work. I don't. It works so, that way. Don't think about this though. What you're yeah. saying is that Texas and Oklahoma are gonna move to the SEC. And West. Bama is going to then move over with Georgia, Florida, and um, who's the other squad over there that's going to cry? Tennessee, Georgia, I think. Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and the yeah. East Florida. Yeah, yeah that, Georgia along with, along with Auburn. Uh, along with Auburn. I mean, this gonna, they're going to do it geographically. Mizzou will be back in the West. I'll be back. All right, we got Jeff back. Uh, Jeff. Yeah. Go ahead, Marcus. My thing is – not saying it's not going to happen, but from an SEC standpoint, why would I interfere, right? Why would I discomfort the biggest brand name that I have in my conference? Texas is a hell of a brand, right? We know what Texas football is. My thing is, I think they're going to split them, put one in the East, put one in the West, have a guaranteed crossover game between those two. And the SEC is looking at it, well, man, maybe down the road we can have two games of Texas and Oklahoma, get them in an SEC championship game, which would be crazy, and also have them as a guaranteed crossover, much like Tennessee and Alabama, Georgia, I think Bama, Georgia, and Auburn have locked in crossover games. That's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to send – because, I mean, geographically, yeah, the SEC makes more sense the way they split the team between the East and the West. I just think if I'm Texas – Man, I don't want to be in the West. I, I wouldn't want to be in the West. I would much rather because it's just looking at it from a football standpoint, like it is more logical to be successful in the SEC if you're in the SEC East. I think you got a better chance of beating up on Florida, Georgia. I, well, maybe not Georgia, but Florida, Tennessee, 
Arkansas, yeah, well, Arkansas is in the West, but that's just what I think would be better off for Texas. And it's like, well, if you're Oklahoma too, I, I think, you know, both of you guys secure your financial futures, but damn, from Oklahoma, I went from being the big dog, the top dog in the Big 12 to almost having a chance to shoe in, be penciled in in the college football playoff. And now you got to battle with Bama, A&M, LSU, UGA. And I just think, just like trickle-down economics has been a lot since the Reagan era, I think this trickle-down college <laughs> football economics could be not a lot, but it may be a little misleading at first. I, ju- I just want to see how Texas – what's the plan to return to glory, right? Like, there's no way Texas should be anything less than a 10-3, and 9-4 maximum program at best over the next, you know, 10 years. Like, it's going to be a lot tougher to that point. But I'm just curious. I'm not going to bash Texas like I do privately, but I'm just interested to see because I do think it, it provides a lot of opportunity from Texas. Like if you really look at it, like you should secure your financial future. You you take your blueprint and shift it 400 miles east to essentially the most fertile recruiting region in the, in the United States. And it's like I agree with Ben, like. Man, it's a lot. It's it's a lot easier to sell the kids. You know what, man? Who are from Texas, Louisiana, Georgia, Arkansas, whatever. You know what? Your parents want to come to see you. We're gonna be in Athens. We're gonna be in Knoxville. We're not gonna be in Ames, Iowa, Manhattan, Kansas, and those places. So you know, Lubbock, Texas. It just doesn't have the same appeal and the same draw. So, I mean, I, I think it's a good deal. Like I do think is is good for both programs. But my thing with Texas is just like, damn, man. If you're a nine and four program in the Big Twelve, and you you know you've been the second best program in the last ten years, you go to a place that's ultra competitive like the SEC, right? Like how how's that going to balance out? Like is that for that much money you're going to average what two more losses a year? Maybe I, I mean I think Sark is going to he's going to find some things to to get it cracking cracking in Austin, but it's just like man I don't I don't know outside of the money I just want to see what the on field product. So if I can just take it back a little bit, you were talking about like, you know, going to SEC and obviously gonna be a little tougher and stuff, but um, you know, when the Big 12 was formed, Nebraska and Kansas State, they were like they were the pinnacle of mm-hmm. when they merged together, you know. But you never know what happens, man. Like, you know, Oklahoma got got better, Texas yep. got better. You just never know. So I mean, I mean, from if we look at it now, we see a tough road ahead of us or whatever. But man, we never know what happens five, ten years down the line. Yes. So, you know, and um, uh, as know. far as the, the the division thing, I mean, as a UT fan, I'd rather stay in the SEC West, where we actually get to play Oklahoma guaranteed every year. We get to play Arkansas, which is going to be a big game, which mm-hmm. you know, Alan's going to be with us. Um, we play LSU, like. Those are regional games. Those are a drivable game. Yeah. I don't want to get stuck out in Florida. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It'll be fun trips, man. But like on my wallet, look, it's, it's easier for me to you yeah, know, yeah, jump yeah. in my truck, you know? So now, again, I don't know what the SEC is going to say, but um, but in my gut feeling, I, I feel that, they, you know, it is going to be more regionalized, like the division. So, Jeff, let's get your input on this. I know you, you, uh, you are excited about the idea of going to the SEC. Is it, Give us the positive spin on why this is a good move for Texas and Oklahoma. First of all, definitely recruiting. I mean, no doubt about that. Just we need a program changer. We need, you know, I think we need Arch. 
I mean, I think that's got to be our number one get. And I think moving the SEC could definitely get him. But, I mean, we, we got to improve on the field, though. Just got to – Sark's got to – Sarge so got to get us get in the right direction. There's no doubt about that. But from you know, you know, Saturday's playing in the SEC. I mean, how could there's really no negative other than losses, obviously. But hell, we've been losing in the Big Twelve. Might as well go play, <laughs> well play the big boys. I'm, I'm glad you said that because for some reason Ben skips over that part. <laughs> I mean, I'd much rather lose to Alabama or Florida than TCU. That's so. true. That's true. All right, so uh, we'll we'll jump into this. Uh, there's no love loss uh, for the for the Oklahoma Texas crew and the rest of the. I want to play OU too. I don't. I, I don't want to. Yeah. The rest of the Big Twelve, they they are not happy. Um, I mean, there's been a lot said in the media, more or less, saying pretty much forget y'all. And I'm putting that nicely in case Tristan's outside of his room. But forget y'all. <laughs> we don't need y'all. Go. On. Going to the SEC, we got it good over here. And secretly, they're trying to join with the ACC and everybody else. Um, so there's there's still um, some questions on what the future of the Big 12 is as a conference. But nevertheless, I think this year will be a competitive year. I mean, looking over some of these rosters and the, and the projections, I actually was more bullish on the um, – on the conference in general, as far as competition goes, than I thought I would be. Um, obviously, the consensus top dog is Oklahoma. You guys got a problem with that? No, no. Ben, you got you got a problem with that? No, I, I get it. Right. I get it. Okay, all right. So, Marcus, you you're the the rep that can talk most about what it's like to be in the playoffs and and, and that atmosphere. Do you see Oklahoma as a as a playoff team this year? Well. It starts with Lincoln Riley and Spencer Riley. Every year Lincoln Riley has had an experienced, right, or returning starter, he's made the playoffs. So I think that's the expectation for Oklahoma. I think they arguably got the best line in college football. They're going to have skill, probably the best skill position as well, one of the better skill positions in college football. And you got arguably probably the best play call, the offensive mind in Lincoln Riley. The thing is, <clears throat> they do return what? I think, let's say I have 15 starters or something, which is the most out of the big five, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, blah, UGA, blah, blah, blah. I think that is the expectation. I do see them as a playoff team, right? Like I think the expectation now is Alex Grinch is starting to get better players on the defensive line and in the trenches. We know what the offense is. So that defense is going to be a top 10 defense, as some people are projecting, to match what the offense has, then, yeah, I think their destination should be college football playoff or bust. I don't know about national championship or bust because I just think that that's just an unbelievable amount of pressure for any program that's not Alabama, really. So I think the thing for Oklahoma is if they can get stops, they're going to get points. And I think looking at the teams below them, who's really going to challenge them is really the question, right? Like I'm looking at Oklahoma's schedule at Tulane, Western Carolina, they're beating up on the Big Red, WVU, K-State. Then they got the uh, – then they have Texas, TCU, Kansas, Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. I don't see a loss on that. I, I mean, that's – I don't want to call it a weak schedule. You play who you play, but it's just like I don't see a loss on, on that schedule. And it's like their toughest games are, of course, you got Texas, which is a neutral site game, and then at Baylor? Like, come on. Like, I, I think it's set up, right? Like, I think that's the – Oklahoma's very much like Ohio State, very much like Clemson to where 
I know people saying, oh, we play a tough schedule. This is SEC. If I'm a coach and I'm a guy that's building a program, I don't want to see that. I don't want to play murderer's role before I go into this, you know, tournament with three to four other teams. So, yeah, I think what has what hasn't been said about Oklahoma to this point, right? Like we know what Spencer Rattler is. We know what Oklahoma is. And I think it's just the expectation that Spencer Rattler is going to take that next jump. So, I don't know. There's actually some people out there who don't trust Spencer Rattler, who don't I think don't. he's going to make that next next step. So we're going to see how it works out, man. But I do think they're head and shoulders above the rest of the conference right now. Yeah, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Jeff in on this because I think it's it's the real question mark when we talk about Oklahoma. Like, everybody knows what you're getting out of Lincoln Raleigh. We, we respect him as a play caller, respect his offense. Um, but Alex Grinch in the defense has really kind of been the the X factor for this team. And and last year, last year that defense came on really strong, probably the last three or four games and, and rolled it into the bowl season. Jeff, what do you think about the um the Oklahoma defense this year? And and do you see them um starting the season like they ended the season uh last year? They're definitely they're definitely better than they have been. The problem was Oklahoma though. The way that the style they play offense, it's it's hard to play great defense when you when you score that quickly. When you don't, I mean, they never really control the clock. Now, I mean, Lincoln will mix up a little bit, a little bit of running, but just the way they the style they play, it doesn't set up for for great defense. But their their def, their defensive line has definitely improved. If they put pressure on the quarterback, yeah, you know the mm-hmm. the back end is you know the back end is a little suspect. But you know if they put pressure on the quarterback, it Always helps the back end. But, I mean, that's that question mark, definitely because the offense will not be. Mm-hmm. Out of that schedule, outside of Texas, who do you guys think could be? What do they have TCU at? Uh, they got this neutral site, right? Home. Yeah, they don't play in Fort Worth. They got them at home. Uh, you Kansas State kind of has their number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kansas I mean, State it's well, two losses straight, right? Yes, two two straight losses. So, so the the issue with Oklahoma over the last couple of seasons, or I can't even say last couple of seasons, the issue with Spencer Rattler uh, has been the fact that they just have these inconsistencies early in the season. And um, looking at this schedule compared to last year's schedule, it's not obviously not nearly as tough um, as they start their first like three to four games. I mean, last year, uh, their first four games, it was Missouri State, Kansas State, which is a solid defense, and then they had to travel to um, Iowa State, and then they had to play Texas, uh, which they ended up winning in overtime, but they could have very well lost that game as well. Uh, So that was kind of difficult, and I don't think they'll necessarily get that same resistance. But um, you're a big fan of Spencer Rattler, Ben. What do you think about Oklahoma? (laughs) I'm not a fan at all of Spencer Rattler, but – so the way I look at it is I'm actually not worried about Rattler as much with him as wide receivers. Cause like the more opportunities they get, they're going to put some points. They're going to score. Um, also Man, the guys. Yeah. They also got the running back uh, from Tennessee. who I think is actually pretty good. So I, I'm not really worried about that. I'm what's the LSU kid transfer's name? He's good too. Uh, Bradford. Yeah. Bradford. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot they got him. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but my whole thing is on their defensive side. Like Jeff uh, was mentioning earlier, I do not trust the back, you know, their safeties or even their corners. 
I think you can beat them over at top. But unfortunately, I don't know too many quarterbacks <laughs> in the Big 12 that can challenge uh, them, you know, over top. Um, also, the other thing, which I'm really hoping Sark really starts doing, is rushing the way Kansas State does. Oklahoma, for as good as the pressure they get, they gamble a lot. I mean, I, they all they do is twist and stunt. And Kansas State calls it like they'll just keep rushing the same lanes, and they bust it open. They bust open big, um, uh, big explosive plays, you know, on them. And so I'm. That's my only thing is like I'm not sure the defense is there yet, uh, but. Respect, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but um, that, that's the only thing. I'm not really worried about Oklahoma's offense. Uh, they have too many weapons. Man. They, they really do. Uh, yeah. But defensively, I don't know if they're there yet. And, look, they, they could just, you know, waltz right through the Big 12 again. But once they get to the CFP, I'm not sure when those other teams are – whoever makes the CFP obviously has great quarterback play and really good offensive skill position players – Especially at wide receiver, that can take advantage of the secondary. So, all right. So, <clears throat> we're all in agreement that if there is a representative from this conference for the college football playoffs, it's going to be Oklahoma, correct? Uh, <laughs> there's a possibility, man. I mean, we can roll into Iowa State. Like, yeah, I, that's what I was going to roll into, right? Like, they return 11 starters on offense, nine on defense, and people got a lot of trust in Matt Campbell. My issue is I think in order to play at an elite level to be a college football playoff team, you have – it got to start with a signal caller. Whenever I feel like something's even, I look – the first place I look to is quarterback. And when I look at the quarterback in the Big 12, I Duggan, Sanders, Rattler – and then to me it would be Purdy. Like I know people are really high on Purdy. He's he's good, right? He, re- I'm trying to think of somebody I could comp him to, like right off the top the of most my head. Basic like, person you can think of. Yeah, I mean he's a good decision maker, <laughs> and he's, you know, he, he's solid. He's a leader. He checks all these boxes of intangibles. But he's an NFL he, Mark Sanchez. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, he does everything. He's like a, a jack of all trades. He doesn't have any great attributes but he has a lot of really really good attributes so it's like what is going to be Iowa State's like how are they going to separate themselves at that position are they going to be able to score enough points I, I think you know Matt Campbell's done a good job right he's had what four eight wins in, wins in a row that's the first time that's happened in Iowa State history um I mean he's recruiting at a higher level but I, I ultimately think that if you're going to face it in like Oklahoma, you truly have national title um, aspirations. You're going to score a lot of points. I don't know if Iowa State, how they're structured and how they play to win games. I don't know if that's just enough. Like he reminds me of Iowa State reminds me of old Michigan State teams, right? Like those DeMarc D'Antonio teams where they're really good in the trenches. They play really good defense. You know, you got to prepare for a little trickery. They're going to try to hit you over the top with some play action, do those type of things. But at the same time, when the ball control isn't working, they get their ass handed to them, right? Because it's everything is when they get off script and off schedule. That's how I have a lot of confidence, shit. And even Texas, Oklahoma, anybody, a lot of TCU in that case to really get themselves back on schedule. But I, I don't see it. But there's a lot of people out there who believe. I would say is a not just a playoff contender, but a national title dark horse, right? Like they're kind of getting that in the UNC and the 
Texas A&M. They're right in that caliber. But, I mean, I, I think ultimately they play – let's see. I got it written down. They play – They open oh, with Iowa? Um, yeah, they yeah, start with they, Iowa. They open with Northern Iowa, then Iowa, UNLV, Baylor, Kansas, K-State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas – at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma. So, I mean, in the season, at Oklahoma and TCU, at Texas Tech and Texas. I mean, I could see just in those last four games that they're splitting those, you know, going two for two. I could see them losing to Texas and TCU or Oklahoma State, Texas and TCU. I I don't know. I, I'm just not a fan of teams that, that play that style of play being national contenders because the, the teams they're competing against are looking to put up points and put them up in a hurry, right? So – I mean, I don't know those guys and see what you guys think, but to me, I think Iowa State ten and two, man, a New Year Day bowl game, New Year six game for them is is like the national championship, right? I think that for them, that's a really, really great achievement. And anything less than that, I, I think is what I would get worried. But I see them being about a ten win team. I'm just not buying the elite status, you know, the national title contender team. I don't see it. It's like the Would Cinderella, you- right? Like everybody wants them to be the Cinderella team. Yes, everybody wants them to be the Cinderella team. Yeah, but it's it's so hard to do that in college football. Like you can get away with that in basketball, uh, especially with it being like so so wide ranging and and ever changing. But like college football, more or less, is is virtually predictable. There's not normally a uh, a program that comes out of nowhere, or in this case, comes from like sixth or seventh, unless they're in a conference like the SEC. Because, like, if Iowa State drops a game and they still win the conference, they're not going to get that love to, to be number four. Uh, and that, I think that's where a Texas or Oklahoma move to the SEC would be beneficial. Because if if you do maintain that kind of um, that kind of status where you only have one loss or maybe two loss and then an expansion of a eight playoff scenario, you're still going to get in. Whereas if you're one or two losses in, in the Big 12, they're not going to give you that same kind of love. Um, me personally, I'm not high on Brock Purdy. I hate basic ass quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> he doesn't do anything special. And for me, that that's a problem. Um, whenever I've watched Iowa State and they get behind the, the eight ball, they can't come back because they have a quarterback that's solid, fundamental, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he's not special. And you need to be special, um, whether it be your arm, your feet or both uh, to me to get to the next level, the people who have quarterbacks that are not special and they get to that playoff, they get blown out and they're called Notre Dame. So you need to um, kind of stand out and Iowa state doesn't stand out. Uh, Matt Campbell has a little crystal ball in him when it comes to coaching too. Uh, he, he does find his moments to trick things up with play calling and uh, the defense is typically solid, but if they can't win the field position battle, they give up points. And that's what got them beat last year against Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, that's what got them uh, ultimately beat by Oklahoma, is which they played a great game. But once they lost that field position battle, they just could not score enough points. And and I don't, I don't consider them a dark horse, but I, I do see that as well, Marcus, and, and threads and and people's predictions and and everything. But I just think they're just a little too high. What do you guys think, uh, Ben and Jeff? Uh, well, so I'll make little notes here. And so uh, as far as defensively, I did not know that they gave up so many yards um, through the air. Yeah, they gave up <clears throat> so they gave up over seven, almost seven and a half yards per pass attempt. Uh, TCU, um, 
torched them for like 400 yards and four touchdowns last season. Yeah, I remember that game. Uh, even Sam averaged over 10 yards per attempt versus him. Um, also with Purdy, uh, as far as offensively, was um, that Purdy has actually regressed every single year. Um, so his averages from his freshman season, it was over 10 yards. His sophomore season was eight yards. And last year was seven yards. So that's like a downward trend. And the only reason I bring that up is because if they're going to take the next step, he's going to have to like elevate himself like into like the elite status, right? I mean, right now basically almost like a game manager. Mm-hmm. But for them to take that really next step, for them to actually beat Oklahoma in the set, late in the second half, he has to get that next step, right? And I just don't see it happening. You know, I I, I feel like he's actually going to – honestly, I, I think they're going to lose like three or four games easy this year. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of uh, Iowa State. I know Jeff is, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I, think I like that comparison to Michigan State, Marcus. Yeah, I mean that, that's spot on. Like, it, if they're not going to turn the ball over, they're going to have a chance to win ball games. Yeah. I mean they they've got players. You know they're not they're not deep, but they got players. <laughs> The thing I want to know too is <laughs> that's Jerry Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to know too is I always think a lot plays into that. When you're a top five team like Ohio State, we're used to getting everybody's best shot, right? Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson. How do programs transition from the hunted to the hunter? This is the first time they've been in a preseason top 10 in program history. You can't sneak up on people now, right? People are going to game plan you better. They're not going to take you for granted. How does Matt Campbell handle that now? And it's like when you transition and you get your program into and we saw that with Oregon when they were Chip Kelly years. It was like when you go from that underdog Cinderella role to where, you know, we're coming in and we're trying to give everybody our best shot to now when you're Iowa State, you're receiving other people's best shot. You're in the limelight. How does your program handle it? How do the kids respond? How do things, you know, because in the past. Drives couldn't go well. Games couldn't go well. People kind of brush it under the rug now, right? Now you're in the national spotlight. Every single week, there's going to be a lot of hype around your program. You're going to be in this college football discussion. That's what I want to see from Iowa State. Like, what's next for them? Like, if this if they're truly going to be the Cinderella, are they going to be able to score enough points? Is Brock Purdy going to be the guy to lead them? And can they really transition from the hunted to the hunter to the hunted? So, I mean, we'll see. That's why they play the games. But I'm. I'm, I'm wrong all the time, but I just don't see Iowa State. I, I don't see it, man, to a lot of people. I love his style. I love the yeah. way he coaches. But like you said, that that doesn't win at all in, now in 2021. It just doesn't. Yeah. And and just to kind of back up some of what I was saying, um, Iowa State's offense had, was ranked 27th in their starting field position. Uh, they were 16th in offensive efficiency. Uh, 31 in offensive explosiveness and number 13 in finishing drives. So if they get the field position, clearly the data is there that shows that they can they can put up points. But it's just it's just when they don't, they're just a different Color, team. The tight end, he's a bad dude in the red zone. Yeah, he's yeah, good. yeah. And Brees Hall, man, for what it's worth, that that guy's solid. Like you can't you can't really like we've been talking a lot about Purdy, but Hall is also kind of like their go to. Um, yeah, he's consistent. He averaged 5.6 yards a carry last year, had 21 touchdowns. I asked pretty damn he's probably the best running back in the country, honestly. Yeah, should be second best. Luke Walker. Yeah. Luke Walker that's the running back. Yeah, I, I, I like my boy. From, uh, what was my boy from? Uh, I said what I said. 
<laughs> I like I like my boy from UTSA for real. Um, but is Connor Cook 2.0. You guys remember Connor Cook at Michigan State? I was about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Cook. I do remember that. I do. Remember they made that. didn't they make the CFP? Yeah, they made the college football player. Yeah, that's the year that hurt. I don't want to get on. I don't want to get yeah. on that. I, don't, I, don't, I will say that for the Big Ten show. I, I, don't <laughs> I was going to say, how, Urban Meyer I, I was gonna say how did that end for them though? Eventually, <laughs> but keep key points real quick before we switch to Iowa State is returning 19 starters from last year's team, which again the quarterback is a senior. Uh, the tight end Jeff mentioned is a senior. Of their nine returning starters on defense, They're getting a receiver back too that was out last year. Yeah, what's his name, Ben? Hutchinson. Hutchinson is it Xavier Hutchinson. Oh, Hutchinson. Well, I don't know, it was yeah. him or the Sean. Sean uh, Shaw Jr. Yeah. Yeah. How tall is he? Oh, six, six six. Yeah, he he's the one they missed last year. Okay, yeah. Sean Shaw six six two twelve. Hutchinson was there last year. Yeah. Okay. Well, then they need to make sure they get them involved because, again, they've got all the pieces, but we will see. I'm not sold on them, but, again, we will see. they got to get starting position, too, at, at rank seventh. So if they can find their way into the top four some kind of way, um, it would take, obviously, a, a Big 12 championship. But they're in a better position than most um, in a conference like the Big 12 would be. Uh, let's see. I guess if we're going with the third best team, it would be these – Bums from Austin. Oh God. <laughs> this is the moment that you guys have all been waiting for. You get to tell me about all your, your grand dreams of how Sarkey's gonna save you. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring um I'm gonna bring a bottle of Tito's when I when we go to Arkansas. And and if he if he if he wins, I'll make sure I, I hand it to him personally. And we'll see how it goes yeah. the next game. <laughs> all right, so it's it's a new new day. In, in Texas, you guys got Steve Sarkeesian, far from the Urban Meyer that we had heard about you getting for months and months and months. But um, I'll let, I let you go ahead, Ben, since you're the, you the real super fan, because I trust Jeff. Jeff's going to have some logic behind it. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you see how I muted him, too. I'm so glad we got that feedback. What was it mean? <laughs> That wasn't me. Oh, it was Jeff. Oh, no, no, that was me. Marcus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but um, oh man, Tennessee give, give, me, give me, give me your um, your positives, and then give me your negatives on on um, the Sarkeesian hire. My biggest positive is his defensive staff. I love PK. I think he's the one. So the the rap is that we've gotten really good blue chip recruits, but we just never know what to do with them. On the defensive side of the ball, I, I think we're very underrated up in the middle. Um, I know Marcus later on is probably going to start snapping about our limited amount of uh, all Big 12 uh, first team members from oh, Texas. I was, gonna, I was actually going to oh, do that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, we really have some studs up front. And I'm just really excited about PK. Um, uh, now, offensively, I'm not sure who's going to be the quarterback. I'm just putting all my faith in Sark that he will figure it out. Uh, just a big uh, Hudson Carr fan. Uh, I'm, I'm actually I really don't care between him or Casey. Just whoever can get us, you know, who can even game manage at this point. All they have to do is just run the ball with the John. But I'm, uh, but I'm pretty. I know for a fact that Sark's going to have better play calling, a better scheme. He's going to actually keep what's working, unlike Tom did. 
Turtle Tom just like for every good thing he did, for whatever reason, I guess he thought it was an outsmart the defensive coordinator and try doing something totally different that didn't work. So I'm just done with that experience. Um, I'm all on board on Sark. Uh, we'll just see where the offense goes. But the most exciting part I am is on the defensive side of the ball. I really think that we're going to be very, very good on that side. All right, Jeff, what you think, man? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I really really think we got some potential. I I think a lot of it depends on the offensive line. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about the offensive line. Can, I mean, if, Whoever we got, Card or Casey, they're going to need, you know, obviously like every quarterback, but they're going to need protection. You know, they're going to – they can't rely – I mean, B. John's got to be B. John. He's got to be all he's said to be, all his hype has got to live. He's got to live up to it for us to be 9-3, and 10-2, and two, dare I say 11-1. and one. But, I mean, I, I really worry about the offensive line. I think the defense. I mean, I, I trust PK. You know, he he did it in Washington. He's, you know, and the de- like Ben said, the defensive line they they got some studs. I worry a little bit about our back end. I worry about I not. I mean, we haven't we haven't got pressure on the quarterback. You know, the last three or four years, and we lost our best. You know, edge rusher there. You know, Osai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I think we'll be better. I think you'll see a better product on the field. I know that for sure. I know he's, I know he's a better coach than Tom Herman. He's a better sure. play caller. I mean, he's, he's, he's better with the kids. I think the kids will play hard for him. But the reason why we're like this too, Alan, is because, so I'm we shot, have, man. yeah, we're, we're like, we're always on the boards, like on, on Texas boards. Mm-hmm. And this has probably been like the most pessimistic reports were coming out of camps ever. And so like, uh, sometimes we're like high and the next moment we're a little low just from, you know, just based on the, on the reports or whatever. But I mean, from <laughs> as long as I've been following, man, I've never seen like so much pessimism, you know, from a board, from a community, whatever, from a nine, nine or fivers, like just, you know, the moderators and stuff, which I think is actually a good sign. I think uh, after the whole all gas, no brakes thing that was like carrying through the spring, early summer, this kind of like maybe tempered down expectations a little bit. And I think it's gotten to the point where people are now expecting like a seven and five or whatever season, you know, just barely over 500. And so, I don't think it's going to work that at all. So, so um, James, I will let you know, um, we do do a point spread show and, and things like that. This, this buildup is just to preview the teams, but, I have a gym for you and everybody else, and I'm Plus, glad I got Jeff here. We're going to go ahead, and we're going we gonna to get this out the way right now. I want to hear Jeff's pick. All right, so I'll, I'll give you the backstory. Texas oh. is hosting Louisiana Lafayette September 4th <laughs> um, in game one of what That's should it, like be this interesting game. Like the, water the, line, the line opened at 14 and a half back in, what, April or May. It was plus 14 and a half. It is now uh, plus 9.5 as everybody and their mama, including myself, has been taking Louisiana Lafayette. Jeff is a guy I respect a lot. I want to hear your pick, Jeff. And don't lie to me, man. Don't lie to me. I'm laying it. 
I'm like, oh, hey man, hey, per- permission to post, okay. permission to post the screenshot, post with, with art because it's gonna be hilarious. I gave it, I gave it to the third quarter. God damn, Sarkeesha. <laughs> That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Hey, you know what? I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate that you have faith in your spot. <laughs> but usually this is where this is where I say Marcus is tripping. But go ahead, Marcus. Tell him what your play is, man. So I'm taking ULL money line. And I'm taking them to cover. I'm, I'm taking everything. I'm loading up on the I'm loading up on the over. I'm taking the money line. And I also, you know, gonna take them to cover. My thing with Texas is I think there's going to be a transition period, right? It always happens. Very few programs don't Ohio State, we were very, very lucky from the transition from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day. I mean, truly, we were lucky. I'm just trying to think of other programs who are similar. Oklahoma, very lucky to replace somebody like Bob Stoops with Lincoln Riley. Those covers were also a little more full with elite top end players that Texas has. I do think Hudson Carr, if I'm I don't know what's going on. I haven't really seen but a lot of reports from Texas, um, what training camp has been. But we do know what we have. I think we've seen what Casey Thompson has. I think he could be a very effective dual-threat quarterback in an RPO-based offense, right? We know what Sark wants to do. He wants to run the ball first. He wants to get the ball on the edge, and he wants to get the ball out of the quarterback hands fast. Don't know a lot about Hudson Carr outside of high school, but the dude's a ball, and I think, you know, he has prototypical size. He has good arm strength. I don't know really a lot of much about his decision-making, how he really truly commands and runs the offense, but looking at Texas outside of ULL, and I'm thinking Louisiana, you got Arkansas Rice, you got Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, at Baylor, at Iowa State, Kansas, at West Virginia, and Kansas State. I think (laughs) – I can see a two-loss season for the Longhorns. I know I bash Steve Sarkeesian. Like, I, I do think this, right? Like, Sark's going to get it right. Now, what does get it right looks like? I see three or four. Yeah. I, I mean, possibly. I think, at the, I, I, think I, I could see that happening, too. But I think B. John Robinson is special, right? Because we all know, like, he should be a Buckeye. The whole uh, blah, blah, blah. His family didn't want him to God's playing, baby. Whatever, but he's a he's a Longhorn, and he's going to have a chance to have that elusive college football thousand yard season, right? Like he's a back that literally is all three dimension. He blocks, he catches, and he runs. He can run in zone schemes. He runs great between the tackle, has great vision, and he's also big enough to be able to run gap scheme. He runs in between the tackle on powers on counters. I mean, it's probably the best out him and also the running back from Iowa State, probably the two best running backs in college football. Yeah, I'm I'm hyping Bijan because I gotta admit I gotta give props when props is due. Like dudes a baller. So if you build the offense around that, much like they did at Alabama, it's a run game first, and everything builds off of that. I think we're gonna have a position to see Texas in to have a shot to be better. Now I don't know if being better is going to equal wins early on in his tenure, but I do think. Hell no, you just said like five losses. (laughs) (laughs) I don't no, I'm just saying hypothetical, right? Like what the ceiling could be. I think Texas is more talented than everybody on their schedule, not named Oklahoma, right? And I think college football is a talent game. If you can get if you're more talented than the man in front of you in college football, your odds of winning are that much higher. And it's still Texas. And I Tom Herman didn't bring in 
scrubs, right? We're talking about he's average top. No, top. he didn't leave the cupboard bare. That's yeah. Right. So it's not bare. I think if he could get the quarterback position on track. Now, if they do beat a ULL, they beat Arkansas. I think you got a chance to beat Rice and Texas Tech, and you go into your first real challenge of TCU 4-0. That's a lot of confidence, right? I think that <clears> is <throat> how Texas fans are viewing the season to say, if everything goes right, but oh, boy. Let me raise my hand. I, yes. I, just, I just want to point I mean, out that you, that you said have a chance to beat Rice and <laughs> Texas Tech. This is how far <laughs> Texas wow. has fallen right? as a program that we're now <laughs> saying they have a chance to beat Rice. I can't even think of the last time Rice put together two wins. And and I, th- that's the type of stuff I'd be betting on back, like, those deep back alley games. Like, Rice have a chance to beat Rice? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, when I say have a chance to beat Rice, I was like, <laughs> they're going to beat Rice. Like, I think that's that's a given. But Rice and TC and Texas Tech are two two wins. ULL and I, I mean Arkansas. I, I'm I'm counting Arkansas as a win. I think Sam Pittman had a really good year in an in an untraditional COVID year, but I think with Felipe Frank's gone and just kind of the new coach magic that they had, I think they're gonna come down to reality a little bit. And I think Texas beats them like, because I don't know what Texas has on the outside though. What what's the receiving core like? Because I mean, you oh. gotta have big play guys right in this offense because you're not really gonna get a lot of traditional yards after catching an RP, RPO-based offense. you got to have a playmaker, a guy like Devonta Smith, Waddle, the receivers he's used to having to taking an eight-yard, a, a play that you scheme up to be an eight-yard play, they make that a 30-yard play. Texas got to find a way to get those big plays in the offense. I think that's what they lack with Tom Herman. I think the run game was always good. I think they saw those. They had it with Duvernay, and that's about it. Yeah, and you, exactly. So it's like you got to find those big play options. They got to find options on the edge. But I mean, I talk a lot of shit about Texas, and rightfully so. Because Whittington, like, Whittington's got a chance to be that guy, but I mean, he, he's unproven. Yeah, you know, he can't stay. Joshua field. Moore. It's gonna be Joshua Moore. That's I don't, I don't trust Joshua. Guy. I don't. Well, trust he's more proven. Xavier Worthy. What's up with him? He's gonna be a slot. He's apparently the best thing <laughs> already. He's like, getting hyped. He's getting yeah. hyped. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of hype coming into Texas and just looking at the receivers you guys got on the rock. Because you got who? Let's see. Jake Smith. No, he he's gone. gone. He's, he's gone. At SC now. Oh, damn. But he's hurt, though. He broke his foot again. And then you got Josh Moore. You got Xavier Worthy. Who else? Troy Mary. Man, look. I'm a, I'm not I'm not as nice as Marcus, y'all. I'm not as nice as Marcus. I'm not that optimistic on Texas. Fuck Texas. <laughs> fuck fuck Austin. Fuck hey, man, the Longhorns. A, all of them. I don't care. I, I'll semi root for Sarkeesha because he's an alcoholic and I I don't want to make fun of him and his his former, former. I was like, but if if I ever ever catch Texas in a game where they are where the the line or right before it says at. If I ever catch Texas at and I see Texas giving points, I will be on the other side this year. <laughs> I have no respect for them. You guys are not going to sit here and tell me that a team in 2021 in the Big 12 is going to do anything with just a running back. All I've been fucking hearing about is the running back. This is not the wishbone era that Jeff so wants to go back to. You need more than that. If your quarterback has question marks, if your coach doesn't know who's going to be the starter, and he's reluctant to even name it. And we're, what, two, three weeks away? 
He knows. No, bro. Y'all, y'all got y'all got work to do. And it's not, he it's not anything, part. it's not anything. He knows who it is. It's not anything against the team in general. It's just what I see is a new coach implementing a system with this with a style of team he doesn't even like want. He don't want he don't want a running back that's gonna get eight yards and carry and he gotta run a hundred million times. He don't want this faux Ricky Williams. He, he wanted that move. twelve yards to touch. Twelve yards to touch. He did it with Najee. That's true. Yeah, but that was Bama. Don't we not gonna do that? What we not gonna do is compare Bama. We can compare, and we can compare Bijan and Najee. Yeah, and and that's, that's where it stopped. And, and if and if and all Bama, right. and if all Bama had was Najee, where would they be? They'd be Georgia, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, I also say this about Texas. Three losses last year were really really close. You got which game was it? Yes, sir. Uh, Iowa State, you lost by what three? It was like twenty three yeah. to twenty six or something TCU, like that. They lost by two. Tom went. Tom went for it. Red zone for it. Yep. One. Yeah, that, that, I ain't gonna lie. That was really dumb. <laughs> and the TCU game, and then what? Oklahoma, you only. Lost, it was what four overtime. Four overtime. So it's like I guess if two. you're looking at it, yep. glass half full. You could say we were really three. Three losses, three close losses away from being Big 12 champions. The first time since what 2009, which is crazy. Who's but coming? It's coming. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It might be a while before Texas gets a conference championship again. But but on the flip side of that, too, I think there could be some growing pains, right? There. And you lose you lose the quarterback, you lose lose the left tackle, and you yep. lose the best edge rusher. And the thing is, it's like, you know, quarterbacks, man just looking at college football programs, the teams who turn them in and out are blessed. They're really lucky because it's really, really hard to find a guy at that position. I don't turn this into a Buckeye show. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I mean, so Ohio, Ohio State I'm, so much in the Texas, are they not Buckeyes? I mean, we own that state, man. We own that state. We, we got real estate from Jesus. North Texas, Central Texas, South Texas, it don't matter. But, I mean, I, I'm excited. I will say I am excited to see what – the Texas Longhorns look like under Sarkeesian. I do think offensively they'll be better. PK is one of the better defensive coordinators in college football, and he did a really good wonders and at Washington. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it is do you got big signal caller, and can you get big plays right? If you're going, if you're going to win games, so I think all of those are unknown. If Hudson Card is the starter day one, I just want to know how that's going to affect the game plan. And how, what is Sark going to come out game one and truly put the game into his hands, or is he really going to call the game to protect Hudson Card? And I don't know if 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 you really want to be in that position, like you know, early on. So maybe it might be some growing pains, and we'll see how they're looking. Having TCU, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Back to back to back could be a tough little stretch, and then they get a break, and then they're at Baylor and at Iowa State. So I don't know. We'll see going into October second, man, and we're going into TCU. But I know one thing, man. I said this: they used to ULL, man. Those regions gonna run soft hey. and that colored girl out of town. They are gonna take him and his colored girlfriend and kick their can't. ass so far out of Texas. They're gonna shoot that. What Sarkeesian is. What's his uh, ethnicity? I wonder what's his family's like. Wherever they're originally from. Yeah, probably Italian or something. Yeah, so uh, maybe oh, not. Armenian. I don't know, but uh, all Armenian. I know is it just doesn't set a good precedence, right? Because there's so much excitement around having deep guy. Like, 
I do think Steve Sarkeesian is a better pick than Urban Meyer. I do. I Because I think Urban Meyer represents college football for what it was. And I think Steve Sarkeesian represents college football for what it is now and what it's going to continue to be. So I do think it's a better fit for the program. So I'll see, man. I, but I personally think that this thing's going to start off 0-1, and I'm just going to watch the house burn down. I, I can't wait, man. I I like my I like my beef medium rare, man. So just give me that beef. By 26, bowl. right? By Allen, by 26. Oh, 27. 27, yeah. <laughs> 27. Nah, I ain't going to let you live that down. Yeah. I ain't going to let you live that I'm down. I'm ready for my Don Julio. Yeah, you, yeah bring you that like Don 27. Julio. Yes. You like Jeff. 27? This man laid 27 when it was 14 and a half, and I told him what was going to happen to the line. I was like, oh, they're going to bet that down a ton. And he was like, they're, they're stupid. I, give me 27. I said, all right. <laughs> so you guys, when you check back, you're going you're gonna to have a real sad face with, with Ben, 27. He wants Don Julio. I, I want mine too. So just make sure you have it ready. Um, I Again, Texas – just good luck, man. I, Jeff, since I got you on here, I can't suck you like I did a king. You you wouldn't take the nine and a half, but you would take the nine, right? No, no, not even nine. Dang, you better than me. See, Marcus, Jeff don't even think they're gonna win nine games. <laughs> That's how long we I'm looking at the schedule again and I'm kind of thinking about it, and I'm like, well. The shit could really go off the rails when they lose to UL. Like it really could. Like I think this could be one of those years where you may it's, have to wipe the slate clean. Because I mean, it's the most are, important first game, and I don't know how long in Texas. Yeah, in a while. In a while. TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. What's your gut feeling, said? How many you you win? What two out of those three? Yeah. Who, say it again, Marcus. Out of. TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You win two out of those three? At least, yeah. I, I mean, Oklahoma TCU State. I, I, Oklahoma State's the only one I'm confident in. Well, TCU's been us like seven out of nine times. Hey, you know Jeff, that's my sleeper. <laughs> TCU? Oklahoma State. I trust Spencer Rattler – or I'm sorry, Spencer uh, Sanders more than uh, – um Duggan. Duggan, yeah. I mean, we can we can switch to OK State because it's an interesting team. I mean, he just got to stay healthy though. Because when Whoa, he yeah, got don't, hurt last year, don't, don't just fly by my boy GP, man. Don't fly by my dog Gary Patterson, man. <laughs> oh, but what what was his record, man? Last like three years, like he's like nineteen eighteen. Yeah, it's like barely five, like one game over five hundred. Um, he only wins when he got a quarterback. Which is never he has like, one. Duggan, I think. He got a quarterback this year. Who? I'm not a fan of Duggan. No. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. We only he only plays good one one game a year. Yeah. Us. He's got to become more accurate. <laughs> I think we know what – we kind of know what Gary Patterson teams are, right? Like he's a very adaptive defensive coach. But his as much energy he spends on defense, he ignores the offensive side of the ball for some reason. And I think now you got Zach Evans, you got Duggan, and they got some playmakers on the outside, man. They got what was it Marcel Brooks, I think his name was. Who's, they who's got the kid? Texas kid. They are uh, Texas kids. The the Texas flip. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dang, what's it? Quentin Johnson? Quentin Johnson. So it's wide like receiver. He's on yeah, the wide receiver. So it's like 
okay, TCU, I think if they can get some consistency, man, and just an offensive identity, like their offense has had in the last three years, no wonder they're 19 18, because it's just been all over the place, right? Like they've tried transfers at quarterback. They've tried recruiting organic and having quarterback. They just can't get it going. But we do know what TCU is. They're going to play really, really great defense. Gary Patterson is going to make it really tough for you on that side of the ball. But, I mean, I, I kind of like Duggan, man. I, I'm I'm a little hesitant just because of what we've seen from TCU offensively in the past. So, I think if they can find a way to generate points, man, I think they could look at 10 wins. Like, looking at their – they open with Duquesne's. That's nothing. Cal, they should win. No. They, they got good. a bye. And then they got they got SMU and Texas back to back. SMU could be a little sneaky. They could be a, a, That's a little That's they start a quarterback. If it's Preston Sloan. Taylor Mordecai. Mordecai's the starting quarterback guy. Yeah, he going to be the guy. That's what I was telling Actually Lazy, I think, is like, yo, it's ironic that they go from replacing a tech, they go from a Texas quarterback at transfer to an Oklahoma quarterback at transfer. And I just thought that was really ironic. He got, he got somebody on his heels, though. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> That's not going to end Preston Stone's the dude. Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, West Virginia, K-State, Baylor, at OK State, Kansas, and then Iowa State. I think if they can get it together, I think they're capable of winning 10 games. Now, I, secondary. That's I think sure. I think um I think a bullish rating for them would be 10. Um and more realistic expectations would probably be like eight. Eight. Yeah, because yeah. they got five games, they got five big 12 games on the road. Now, as a as a from a gambling perspective, I have to do this. I'm, I'm obligated. Gary Patterson is a legend. We will always appreciate Gary Patterson for um not opting to kick the extra point. After that game, I know you remember that shit, Jeff. It was tight. <laughs> it was tight. And he was like, you know what? We're good. We're good. Yeah, it was the West Virginia game. He was like, we're good. And we and he ran off. And I will forever appreciate him and respect him for that. So um, go Gary Passings. Go Horn Frogs. Ben, you're an atheist. I don't expect you to believe in TCU. No, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I honestly. So as Jeff, Jeff like beats up the Texas uh, offensive line. But man, TCU is even worse. And like, uh, I think they got a grad transfer, and I think he's like the biggest pickup. They don't really have anybody on coming back, um, or they're coming back, but it's not that good. And I don't, I know they have Zach Evans, and Jeff's really, really impressed with him, but I just don't see it happening. Like, they got the other kid too. There's two of them. The big one. What's his name? Who's the backup? Oh, uh, that I don't. Huh. Sorry, I got. They got. D. Mercado and Kendrick Miller. Kendrick Miller. So they got a little depth that running back. Yeah, no, they should have some running back though. Oh yeah, I thought you meant a lot of offensive line. versus Texas last year. Yeah, I'm sorry, I thought you meant a lot of offensive line. And uh, like I said, Dunn got sacked out a few times too. Well, you saw even uh, as bad as our pass rush was, um, Jeff, we actually got pressure a lot that game. So. Some of that was on him too, though. He he does have a tendency. I don't like Duggan. Yeah, I don't he, like he has a tendency to um to do too much thinking, and, and I don't he, think he has a high football IQ. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like he he processes a little slow. Uh, he's he probably underrates his athleticism at times. Yeah, I mean he's and, he's talented. I just think yeah. he's kind of football dumb. Yeah, because I, I 
I think it was the game against y'all where he just tucked it and ran and it was yeah. like it was and it was a good run. And I'm like, dude, you could have did that all game. What was you waiting on? It's just kind of like some indecisiveness there. But I mean, he's going into his junior year. You, you think things like that you can kind of coach. You can't necessarily coach IQ, but you can kind of coach a, a little bit of situational awareness and 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 work on on people kind of being more uh, reactionary rather than just kind of sitting there waiting for things to develop. So um, we'll see. I've never been high on Gary Patterson as an offensive coach or coaching up quarterbacks. So if, if we're having reservations about the quarterback, then they probably would make you lean more to what uh, Ben was saying and, and going with uh, Spencer Sanders and, and OK State. Yeah, that's my uh, that was my sleeper pick. Is that what we're going to go on now? Yeah. yeah sure. Oh. So oh. your sleeper pick, tell us about it. Why they're your sleeper. All right. So they were really good defensively last year. And I know they lost three players. They lost uh, the cornerback, uh, Rodarius Williams. They lost uh, uh, Amen Abumaga, uh, also a middle linebacker, and Calvin Bundridge. However, they bring back Malcolm Rodriguez. And the most important thing, though, is they're bringing back everyone from the defensive line. And I actually like Trace Ford. He's, he's really well. Um, they bring back Israel. Uh, also, they also get the uh, they got the uh, grad tent or the portal from LSU. Um, the nose guard, Sini Asi. Yeah, Asi Asai. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Yep, and then also Lacey as well. So I think they're gonna be stout up front, and I uh, they also have like two of the best safeties I think, um, and Sealy uh, Kobe and Harmony Peel. So I- I'm really high on them defensively. Now, on offense, the only thing I is a little shaky about is Spencer Sanders. Um, I mean, he's thrown, what, like 19 interceptions like last two years or something crazy like that. However, if he can get it together, which I think he can, because I think life's going to hit this season for him. He has a, you know, he has good line running backs like Desmond Jackson. L.D. Um, Brown's good. Yep. Well, L.D., they both average over five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, now, I don't know about their receiver core, though. Yeah, because they did. They lost the three of them, but uh, they have a uh, Brendan Presley, and then uh, Brandon Johnson. So wow, that is. So, um, <laughs> so, so to what you were saying, Oklahoma State quarterbacks were intercepted ten times, and they lost six fumbles, uh, spread across eight hundred and forty-nine plays in two thousand twenty. An average of 56.6 snaps between turnovers that led the Big 12 and ranked number six in, in college football. So that's absolutely awful. Um, and they do definitely have to pick pick that up. That's um, gonna be for you. Speaking of the defense, though, uh, the Cowboys defense improved their defensive success rate 40.7% allowed in 2019 to 35.2% uh, last year. That's a drop of 5.5%, and that was second most improved defense in the Big 12 and the ninth most improved defense in the nation. Um, so if you know they continue that trend, uh, they return eight starters on defense, like you were talking about. Uh, Trace Ford is one of them. Um, and I do remember uh, when Spencer Sanders went down, I think it was the Tulsa game. They, they, they held their own um, 16-7, which Tulsa isn't necessarily an offensive powerhouse, but still it was an impressive – uh, defensive showing for them. Um, so there, there are some reasons. Like there's some reason to be optimistic, but Spencer Sanders is he got to stay healthy, man. Yeah, and it, it's not like they're returning. He's, so though, he's pretty young. I mean, I mean, you, you're right. He definitely has to to stay healthy for sure. 
Um, they, they also lost their top offensive tackle to the NFL draft in the second round. Yeah. But they got uh, a Juco, Caleb Etienne, who was apparently the second uh, highest offensive tackle in the portal. So, I mean, that I think that's going to be good for him as well. And they also have uh, Josh Stills, who's like all Big 12 uh, offensive guard up front as well. So, And this is something that will probably surprise you guys as well. Um, their offense was ranked 77th in explosiveness last year, which I wouldn't yeah. think that from a – I wouldn't think that either for Oklahoma yeah. State offense. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they definitely want to pick that up too. Um, and they were ranked 100 in finishing drives, which is really bad. <laughs> So it's it's almost like you know if you if you look at last year, um, they just didn't seem like the OK State that we are used to seeing, and so they they I think they really need to on the offensive side try to return to uh, what we would consider to be an OK State offense for them to really be what Ben expects them to be. But I'm not I'm not upset about anybody picking them to be like a dark horse in that conference to to make some noise. But um, you got more faith, more faith in Gundy or Gary Patterson? Gundy. <sighs> Gundy. Yeah, I got it. I got to go with Gundy right now too. And the Big he's Twelve. Probably been the, outside of Lincoln Riley. He's probably been the best coach in the Big Twelve in the last five and ten. I mean, oh. his entire tenure. I think he's been as consistent, and we know what Oklahoma State is going to get. Right? Like he may not get them to the next step. Right? Like he. Rem- Mizzou when they was with Gary Pinkle, right? Gary Pinkle would always chase Daniel those dudes. That he went like five, a strand of eight years where they were just 10 wins, 10 wins, 10 wins, 10 wins. They could never get the 11th win and go over top, but they were consistent. They were good. They were explosive offensively. And I, that's what I see in Oklahoma State. Like, I do like Spencer Sanders. I mean, a crazy stat is they returned 13 starters, which is actually the fewest in the Big yeah. 12. This is a wild stat. I was like, everybody's experienced in the conference and you know, I think if Spencer Sanders can stay healthy and I mean, offensively, they're always going to be one of the better teams. Well, in the, do we still call it the big 12, the big eight again now, like whatever these dudes are <laughs> the leftovers, you know? And it's like, I think, I think Oklahoma state could be the dog. Like, like Ben has, said. I think they could be the dark horse. Like if I look at them on paper and just, Look at the brand and how much I trust Mike Gundy and what I know I'm going to get out of Oklahoma State. I like that more probably than what I'm going to get out of Gary Patterson and TCU. I like I like the bitter eight. That that makes me I rate eight. I rate eight. <laughs> I rate eight. So um wrapping it up, three teams that we didn't necessarily cover. They're both around like the projected six, seven wins. Out of West Virginia Bay. By the way, Tech is my dark horse. You like Texas? <laughs> Texas Tech? Guys up. Guys up. I got that no. Oregon transfer. I, I like show. show. I, was say, I, need, I need to hear this. Explain to me yeah. Texas Tech. And then they got uh, Sonny Cumbie from the play caller from TCU. Yep. He's going to have full reign. And you know, they always got receivers. Now, yep. I don't know what they're going to be on defense. But I, I think they're going to be very much improved. Mm-hmm. Wells is a dead man walking, Jeff. Dang, man. Oh. I like I liked Wells too at Utah yeah. State, man. I really well, liked I him with Jordan Love. I was like, I, I think he would have been a more natural fit for a West Coast job or you know, a job that probably isn't because Texas Tech. But man, he's turning that offense over to Cumbie. Wow. Oh, Sonny Cumbie had offensive control in TCU. Not really. Meacham, him and Meacham. Yeah, Meacham kind of he pulled the string. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Cumbie's the one that has like the curly hair, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. He was that quarterback, remember? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He played that tech. I didn't even have tech on my radar, so I'm definitely going to keep an eye on them. I do think they'll they'll be improved. I think they'll probably be like a six, seven win team. They'll be a bowl eligible team. You don't think so? No. Let me me look at this schedule. They got Houston. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, no. That's the push. Stephen F. Austin, FIU at Texas, at West Virginia, TCU. Kansas at Kansas. Oh man, that's a tough game. Kansas State at Oklahoma by Iowa State, Oklahoma State at Baylor. But no, I'll just decide they'll be Kansas. But I mean, I think it's seven games. Like, I could see them for being seven games. And then Texas Tech, West Virginia. I don't think Baylor's going to be good at all. I think Baylor's going to be the second worst team in that conference. I think it's going to, the bottom tier is going to be Kansas. Probably Kansas, Baylor, K-State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas, OU. So, I mean, Baylor for me is like, dang, man, you get a guy like – I don't know what's happened to Baylor in the last couple of years to where – They played you know, good last year, Mark. It's like they, they only got blown out one time. Like Their defense yeah. was actually legit. It was it was really good. I mean, they gave Oklahoma a hell of a game. And yeah, that was yeah. uh, Zeno as a, uh, as a quarterback. So and that, now I have, they had like some dual threat guy. Uh, I wrote it down. I forgot his name though. Starts yeah. with a D. But um, there's a quarterback battle right now, and if he gets it, I mean he's going to use his legs, and that's what that's what they might need right now. But defensively, Baylor should be pretty stout. I mean they they also have a uh, was like I think Randall used like a three safety um, back end, yeah. and all all of them are legit. So David Randall's a defensively, I think they're good now right? offensively. I, yeah. yeah. Free art, man. Free art. So, David Randall, the thing is, I think schools play to their identity. When I look at Baylor, I think they're an offensive school, right? I just don't see defensive coaches being successful in a place like Baylor because you're never going to be able to get the trench talent to be an elite defense, to build your program around a defense. But if anybody can do it, I guess it's David Randall. I mean, he's been at Wisconsin. He's been at LSU. And he's had, I mean, elite top 10, top 15 defenses in college football. But I mean, looking at the roster, it is – Bohannon is okay. I mean, he's okay. It's just – I don't know. This is the worst Baylor – I mean, what, 2-7, and seven, probably their worst record since – I don't know. What year was that, 2016 when they went like 1-11 and 11 or something like that? And yeah. Baylor has consistently yeah. built their reputation back up, you know, between – even post-art, they had some decent success. Well, I think it was well, – no, not really. 2016, they went like – six and six or something they never really recovered but i don't know maybe i'll just expect baylor to not be in the bottom half of the conference anymore you know i think i would i would hope baylor would be better than k-state and texas tech oh i'm sorry i'm not saying that they're not going to be at the bottom i'm just saying they're actually uh, like they play hard oh so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, that's yeah. Hard, man. like they're not just an easy walkover you got to earn it that's all i'm saying <clears throat> i know that's coach speak but West yeah. Virginia, I mean, I think Neil Brown has a decent thing going. I think looking at their schedule, I had circled a couple of games that were interesting. At Maryland, I, I, the Terps – skipped I mean, over that game. Look, <laughs> yeah. I know you got PTSD. I thought it was <laughs> at Maryland, they got Long Island. Then they play the cho- – I mean, Hokies. <laughs> at Oklahoma, yeah. Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, at Texas State, Texas, and Kansas. Manageable schedule. I think they got what? They also got five conference games on the road. Jared, is it Dodgy or Dodge? I always call him Dodge. Doge. 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 Yeah, yeah. 
Jared Douche or whatever it is. No. Or Daggy. It's Daggy or Doge? Do Doge or Daggy. I think he's solid, right? And Neil Brown coming from Troy, running fast paced, air raid. He's a Texan, um, by the way, Alan. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's it's like, I mean, West Virginia is gonna be West Virginia. I think looking at it, I I mean, Aren't you worried about all the transfers they have? What's up? Aren't you worried about the portal guys they left? Like, it was like, yeah, I, like. I mean, that is an issue, but I just think like for West Virginia, it's not like they were competing to be ten and two, ten and three, right? Like, I think to them, it's getting back to being respectable West Virginia. You know, to those years to when they were really, really good. I mean, they've been really good in the past, and so it's like. I don't know really what to expect from West Virginia anymore. Like, I know they play fast and they score a lot of points, but that's literally it. And They'll be tough at home and okay on the road. On the road, so, right? And that's, so, from a better perspective, I'm like, I just don't trust West Virginia. To I, You know, if, if I could interject, if we're given um, a gambling tip, just keep in mind West Virginia did not win a road game last year at all. They All four of their losses came on the road. I would be mindful of that this year. Yeah, Oklahoma State, they lost. Texas Tech, they lost. Texas, they lost. And Iowa State, State. yeah. K-State could be a sleeper, too. Shout out K-State, no, yeah. Yeah, I was going to get Skyler Skyler back. Skyler Thompson. Was he 4-0 before he got hurt last year? Yeah, he ended up getting hurt. As long as he can stay healthy. um, They got the little little running back. I think they're returning about nine starters on defense. Yeah. And Clyman's a winner. Listen, there's no dark horse candidate who's going to consistently line up in the I formation. I <laughs> You're not going I formation, ISO, and power me to death, and then get maybe on the show. Maybe that's like, like, like a pistol formation, man. They're going to come out and surprise you this year. Like Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you never know. But look, fellas, I. I would love to talk more trash about Texas, but I, I understand Ben has to get back to his message board trolling. So I'm going to let you guys go. Um, but when we do do the gambling um, portion of the uh, show, I will be bringing you two back week two for sure. Matter of fact, I might even go live because I'm live. in there in Texas. Yeah, go live week two just so we can talk about how Ben didn't cover the 27. Oh my and how God. Jeff- there we go. How Jeff really did start cursing about Sarkeesian at halftime. <laughs> That's the only better advice I got. Don't take the 27. Yeah, don't don't take the 27. I, I I would advise that and advise you not to take it live either if you even so much as feel it. Ben is a curse. <laughs> but all right, appreciate it, guys. All right, man. It was a good time. Right, I'll see you guys next week.